good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and joining me from across the pond is a man who's hotter than the title and subject of the film we're talking about tonight. It's Mr. Hot. It's John Burke from Burke Reviews. JB, how are you, sir? Liar, liar, pants are on fire. Matt, how are you today? I am doing well uh, myself, but what about you? How's it over there in the old uh, jolly good England? Uh, good. Well, I mean, I hope you've had some experience of the uh, apparently typical British life this week, but it's it's been okay, my friend. It's the start of the week. It's a new film. I feel like we haven't seen this film for... It's been a while since we actually sat down and watched tonight's film. Uh, given the schedule we've mapped out for ourselves, but uh, I'm doing okay though. Other than that, I can't complain. I say it every week, but genuinely, what could be more fun or relaxing or just generally cool than sitting down with your buddy and talking about films for an hour? That genuinely is 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 soothing for my soul. So uh, I'll never not enjoy it. It's always something I look forward to. I've had a good day. Uh, I've got a cup of tea. But uh, are you keeping Florida safe and well? You doing my part, you know, just moving forward. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about Florida. Let's just move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes you just want to not talk about where you're from. I hear that sometimes as well, my friend. So uh, rather than dwell on uh, our locality, let's dwell on tonight's film. So for those who are new to the show, welcome. We take one film each week, usually the biggest release of the week or the most interesting or sometimes the only release of the week. And we give a non-spoiler review on our main show and a spoiler-filled review in the coming days, uh, i.e. next Monday. Uh, this week, though, we've had to shuffle things around a little bit in terms of when we uh, review this film. But it was this or another film, I believe, which we'll mention. However, yep. tonight, let's just get into it. We are talking about Firestarter. The uh, new film, which is remade from a 1984 film. This one is directed by Keith Thomas, and it's written or adapted by Steve from Stephen King, written by Scott Teams, and it stars Zach Efron, oh. uh, Ryan Kira Armstrong, Sidney Lemon, Michael Gray Eyes, Gloria Rubin, and Kurtwood Smith. Uh, again, we don't do spoilers on the show, but we do uh, discuss the synopsis, which is... A young girl tries to understand how she mysteriously gained the power to set things on fire with her mind. Um, I quite enjoy that synopsis. Now, here we go, John. Critically... It's, it's like, I'm sorry, I was going to say, that's, that's really not even the synopsis, right? Like, it, it, it's not, and it, it feels very basic as well. Tries to understand how she just manages to set things on fire with her head. Um, critically, and whew, with the audience, my friend, this is where... I don't. I'm interested to see where, well, obviously, where we land, but also our listeners land on this. Firestarter critically on Rotten Tomatoes currently sits at eleven percent, thirty-two on Metascore, four point six IMDb user score, and one point nine out of five on Letterboxd. It's currently only available in theaters. So if, if it's safe oh, to that's do so. Oh, is it out and out or somewhere oh, else? Sorry, in the US, it's also on Peacock. I apologize. That was my bad for not putting it on the show notes. Um, I forgot. It was also a straight to video on demand on Peacock um, Platinum or whatever their uh, their premium, Peacock Premium, whatever their paid services. Uh, that is also where you can watch Firestarter, including the 1984 and the w- sequel. There's like a sequel 
Firestarter or something else. There's like a subtitle. That's I also knew a there was a, I never knew there was a sequel. What are they called? F- Firestarter Extinguished. What the hell are they going to call the sequel? But um, theatres and Peacock then, for those in the States. We have Peacock in the UK. I wonder if it's out here. Um, either way, I know that uh, John and myself, we both ventured out to the theatre to watch this film. 11%, 1.9 out of 5. That, to me, screams that this film is nothing more than a pile of crap. And I, I don't think it was, John. I don't either, uh, but real quick, the sequel came out in 2002. It's called Firestarter Rekindled. Um, stars Marguerite Moreau, Malcolm McDowell, Dennis wow. Hopper's in this movie, um, and is really long. It's 168 minutes. I, uh, it was a television Jesus. miniseries. Television okay. miniseries. Okay. So it's not a full-on like traditional film, but that is uh, also still Stephen King gets credit. That is on uh, Peacock Premium as well. Um, yeah, uh doesn't have good ratings either but sorry you were saying about this one that despite all those ratings you didn't hate it i, I didn't i i hate the title firestar to rekindled and malcolm mcdowell has a habit of just appearing in really naff horror films i'm looking at you silent hill revelations as well um but yeah firestar i didn't hate this film at all uh, i'd heard going in just from you know social media talk that this film wasn't really very good um it um it failed to catch fire or catch the set itself alight or whatever the um the cliches are it didn't set the audiences ablaze so i kind of thought okay see what it's all about i you know me i like horror uh i like i like stephen king's books he might i think stephen king himself is a bit odd but i like his books i like zach efron as well and i like seeing actors push themselves into different genres and different roles so I wasn't expecting a masterpiece because I've seen the first film, the 84 film, and that is, that is also fine. A uh, very young Drew Barrymore. I think it's her first um, feature film, but that's fine. And so is this one. Is is this an 11% or 1.9 out of 5? Um, no. E.T. is her first feature film. E.T., of course it is, yes. That's a fairly well-known in film circles. I shall hand in my card. But um, we were just saying off air that, you know, we live in a society where this film is, you know, worse than... I won't name names, but other films released this year, or even in the last few years, I can probably think if I wanted to, of two or three films worse. I mean, The Bubble jumps to mind. <laughs> I'd rather not watch that again. Um, and I know we shouldn't put too much stock in, you know, numbers, percentages, and um, decimals, but, you know, sometimes you can't help but be swayed by it. I thought this film was fine. I don't yeah. think, I don't love this film. I, I didn't sit there at any point and think, I am so into this. I've been swept along by this because it. I think I said to John oh, when I got home from the theatre, for me, it kind of failed to get out of second or third gear. It kind of coasted along and it, it, it seems to be very purposeful in its pacing. There is no uh, effort to really thunder along here. And you know what? I don't necessarily mind that. The film's only 90 minutes long. It's that sweet spot. So it kind of runs the risk if it goes too fast, then it's packing too much in a short run time or... If it's too slow, then it's boring. I didn't find the film boring. I found it I- intriguing for the most part. I think Zac Efron is, I think he's fine in the lead role. I think he's pretty decent as um, the as Andy, the father to Charlie, who's played by Ryan Kira Armstrong. And she is uh, an 11-year-old girl who has anger issues and mood swings because of her py- pyrokinesis. She She's trying to learn how to control the fact that if she loses control of her emotions, you know, could she can basically set things ab- ablaze 
uh, f- like shoot fireballs out of her body, or whatever. And uh, of course, that would never be a good thing to be in- around. But um, it kind of more acts also as a father-daughter story, more so than I think the original one did. And it doesn't take long for the film to get going. I know I've just said it's fairly pedestrian, but it it, it, yeah, it starts off with an opening scene, which which kind of sets the scene immediately. But then, you know, there's a bit of bonding between father, daughter and mother to kind of set things, like emotional beats later on in the film up, which aren't entirely there. Um, I'm kind of struggling really to where to go with this film because it is just fine. There aren't really any scenes which I think stood out as exceptional. I think some of the CGI at times is wonky. The performances were fine. Uh, I don't believe at any point I was generally quite scared. Um, I think some of the sequences towards the end of the film in a facility were pretty cool. I like those. But um, other than that, the best part of the film, dude, was the score, which was uh, John Carpenter, um, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davis. This is a father-son combination. This is a fantastic score. And it isn't just biased because it's John Carpenter. It's really good. If If you know his scores from other films, then you know what to expect. But it doesn't quite elevate the film to something better than it is, but it's a really good score um, to complement it. So, um, no, I like I like this film. I thought it was decent. You know, I mean, very much middle of the road. I didn't hate it. I don't think it's eleven percent. I don't think it's a one point nine percent. If you're an animal lover, you might find some scenes distressing. Yes. Um, or and if you're a Zac Efron lover, there's one shot of him with his abs out, so you might find that distressing if you wanted more. But um, I mean. Help help me out here, John. I thought this film was decent, but I, at the same time, yeah. I'm struggling I'm actually, to kind of push why. Well, and that's I, I think it's a, a middling movie. I think it's a decent watch um, in my rating system, and I uh, I do think the score elevated it a lot. I was very hyped. Um, for me, it it felt like someone who grew up watching '80s horror movies, and they wanted to kind of recreate that feel and vibe. And, and really, uh, even though. It's important to note Carpenter didn't do the 84 film, but he was one of the original directors who was slated to do it. And he does Christine later, um, which was his, you know, his Stephen King thing. So to me, this feels like Keith Thomas trying to do what maybe Carpenter would have done, not necessarily nailing it, but the Carpenter score kind of giving that vibe to it. And I did just watch all of Carpenter's films last year while following the blank check. Um, So I definitely like, the score got me really hyped. Um, I I saw, like I've been reading through a lot of like the one star and one and a half star critiques from people that I, I often agree with on films. And I'm just like, y'all just feel like you're hating to hate. Like this doesn't, I don't think this does anything wrong. Is it full of tropes? Yeah, but it's, it's a throwback. It feels like that's what it's trying to do. It feels like it's trying to like, Hey, do you remember when horror movies were short and, you know, relatively simplistic in its plot and there wasn't a lot of crazy things. And you would just have some set pieces and like, and I, I don't think this is a scary movie, but I definitely, there's obviously horror that you mentioned a pet thing. Um, they there, try to there build is, an atmosphere, don't they? Yeah. And there, they, there is like an early superhero vibe to this story. Like the yeah. whole fire thing. I mean, they literally, a character mentions superheroes in the trailer. I don't remember if that line actually made it into the movie or not. I feel like that was a trailer thing. I trying to like sell this. It been a trailer one. Yeah. But someone's like, I, this film doesn't know what it wants to be. And it's horror, action, family drama. I'm like, it's all of those things. Like, why, why are you acting like genres don't cross over all the time? Like, that is something 
that happens all the time. And I never felt like this movie was at odds with itself. It is possible for a film to try to do too much and it not feel like it's conversing. But to me, the action is part of the horror because it's, it's the powers that they have. The family drama is at its heart because someone else in, in real life said to me, like, well, the father's terrible. I'm like, yes, the movie's not telling you he's not terrible. Does he love his child? I believe that. Yes. Does he give her terrible advice? A hundred percent. That's part of the allegory that the movie's going for. Like, I, I think it's it's a weak allegory. It's a weak metaphor for like growing up in puberty and not knowing how to control your emotions, right? Like that's it's there, but it's surface level. Even at one point, I think Zach Evans goes, "You don't think it's puberty, right?" Like it's in the text of the film. That's how not subtle it is being. Again, I'm not arguing that it's a masterpiece. I just, I don't see how you could not be entertained by this. Like that's, for me, I was watching it. The score had me pulled in immediately. I was vibing with the 80s stuff, uh, even though it's set modern day because they have cell phones, but it definitely feels like it's an 80s movie. Like, I think it was a mistake not just setting it in the 80s um, because I even think her fashion sense is a little bit of the 80s. She's wearing like what looks like uh, Rainbow Bright overalls for like half of the movie. Um, But it felt like a throwback and in a world where stranger things was one of the most popular series that have come out. It makes sense that this movie got remade because it feels like that. Like stranger things is clearly pulling from a lot of the fire starter stuff as well as tons of other eighties content. And this feels like it's kind of nodding to that side of stranger things, that eighties throwback. So I had fun with it. Um, Again, I don't think it's a masterpiece. This is no way like the best horror movie so far this year by any means. I, I, again, it's even like it's loose horror because it's, it's never scary. It's like, you know, there's some cool visuals though. I thought that like, I don't think it's a masterpiece CG either, but I thought Mm -hmm. the visuals look pretty solid. And like in the, the last set pieces that you were talking about, the fire effects are interesting. I thought Efron was really solid in his role, especially like his power which I also don't know if that's, I don't think that's a spoiler because it's pretty early on that we know he has a power, but um, that's why the synopsis is terrible. Like that's (laughs) super misleading because it's like, it makes it sound like she's like going to be sitting in a room going, daddy, why do I burn people? Like that's not ever, she's not debating on where her powers come from. They, they seem to um, all, all be out in the open about why they have powers. There is some secrecy about like why they live the way they do but that's it. Um, otherwise. And I thought a lot of the school stuff was fine. Like I, I, you know, um, I don't know, man, this just feels like one of those let's hate it to hate it because it, there is no real consequence uh, of hating this, right? Like it's easy to pick on. It's easy to make fun of, but I, I've not seen the 84 one, but that one's almost two hours. And I can't imagine needing the extra 20 minutes. So like this is a curve. Cause usually when we see a remake, they do the opposite. Like ambulance is an extra 45 minutes long Jesus. compared to the original. This is 30 minutes shorter, 20 minutes shorter. And it felt like a good time. Like for me, like this was like, all right, we're in, we're out. The story is there. It's not super complex, but you get it. You understand what's happening. There's a, allusions to stuff. Um, I thought, uh, what's his face? Uh, red from that 70 show. Um, I always forget his actually the actor's name. Is it Kurtwood Smith, right? Kurtwood um, Smith, the uh, dude from Robocop. Yes. Uh, that's seventy show as well. Um, he gets that, uh, he gets a, a really solid scene and I, I liked his scene. I thought he was really good in that moment. And, um, it's a little 
overwrought, but I, again, I was just kind of vibing with all of the campiness of it. Like, is that, to me, that was the tone they were going for. Like, I get if you don't like that tone, cool, but it, I, 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 I don't think it deserves like one or two stars. I, I, I say like this is easy. Like, I keep wavering. Like, should it just be three stars? I have it like three and a half right now because again, I had fun watching. I've, I've been much more bored at other movies this year than this movie. So, um. I guess maybe managing expectations is always going to be a thing. I went into this with very little, like, you know, desire to love it or hate it. I was just like, cool, whatever. Um, I like Zac Efron enough where I'll, I'll watch something he's in and I keep hoping for him. Cause he keeps, he keeps missing, man. You know, he keeps uh, striking out and uh, apparently he's struck out with this one too. Unfortunately, cause again, I don't think it's bad, but and more out of the Peacock uh, originals. Cause we've had a few, we had Halloween kills. Um, which I would rather watch this than Halloween Kills. Man. I'll say that right now. Um, we had uh, the um, the married movie, uh, Marry Me, the uh, Jennifer Lopez Owen Wilson movie. Yep. Um, there was like there was one other one that's actually good. I keep forgetting that one though, ironically. But uh, Marry Me, I thought was decent as well. But I think this is the better horror movie on Peacock. And there, there's again, there's one more that I'm forgetting that I think is a little better than those. But uh, it's not a good sign that I can't remember it. But um, yeah, uh, maybe everyone should back up off this movie a little bit because I think uh, for Ryan Kiara Armstrong, this was her like debut too. Almost no, she's in a bunch of stuff. I take that back. Um, she's apparently in Black Widow and It and uh, the Tomorrow War, which I never watched. Um, but I thought she was solid in this. Uh, so no, no offense uh, to her for me not realizing she was in It Chapter Two. Um, but I, I thought she was, did a good job. So. Yeah, uh, again, not not. I'm not even saying like go out and watch this, but like watch it, knowing it's just trying to like refer back to the '80s stuff. Are there better '80s versions out there? Yes, there mm-hmm. are. You can definitely watch other movies that are better than this one, but I do think this one is uh, passable. You know, it's it's a good kind of reference point for those types of movies. And if you've never seen like '80s, like this type of '80s Stephen King horror you might really, maybe it'll be the one that you're like, oh, I like this kind of stuff. Cool. You know, that's that's my vibe on it. Yeah, and it's it's on Peacock for our US listeners, so you don't even have to go out and watch this if it, I know it's on the Platinum service, but if you really fancy, you don't even have to watch, go out and spend more money to watch it, but I, I'm with you on that one, my friend, in terms of, I think sometimes it's just easier for people to jump on the bandwagon and join in and say, yeah, this film was rubbish, and you know, not really give any nuanced reason why. Now, yeah. I'm obviously sitting here at the same time, kind of in my head trying to comprehend what it is about this film, which is makes it just fine for me. And I think it's kind of a confluence of what you said, but it is pretty much what you've just said. This film knows what it is, and it d- does, and it and it does the basics for me. It never really excels above the basics, but it hits the basics, and I think that's why the film you know works genuine genuinely for me is when i was watching it i was like yep i i see what you're going for they're setting this up oh they've executed that here we go to the next act here we go to the third act it, it, everything was there it was competently made and unlike something like halloween kills which i think was you know messy tonally all over the place and just not very good i think firestarter is you know, fine but it's consistent in how it sets out to be in its, in its narrative and its approach, its acting, its visuals and everything feels as it should. 
And whilst I would have liked it to have maybe gone a bit further in certain places or maybe uh, try something new or bring a new spin to an old tale, it doesn't. But the fact that it doesn't, you know, for me, do anything necessarily wrong makes me wonder what film are people watching or is it just a case of let's hate on the new Zac Efron film or here's a Stephen King film, let's, you know, bash that. Or is it because their favourite critics are doing it? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it as well. But maybe sometimes just watch things and think, was it was it a, a, a one out of ten film? If you think that genuinely, then that's fine, totally. For my rating system, it's slightly different to John's. I think I'd give this maybe a five, five and a half, which is straight down the middle um, because it doesn't waver either way for me. And for that, I would say check it out if you can watch it on streaming. I think if if I could watch it on streaming, I'd happily do that, dude. And we have a lot of Stephen King movies over the last couple, like, I guess, decade now. Um, I mean, we've had a lot over the last 40 years, but, like, it's increased a lot after the success of It. Yeah. Um, But, like, I'll tell you, I'd rather watch Firestarter than Pet Cemetery again. And I'm referring to the 2019 Pet Cemetery. I I actually... Apparently I gave it three stars. I don't remember liking it that much. So um, I also, I don't like Jason Clark. I'd much rather watch a Zac Efron Stephen King movie. So <laughs> you know what? Take that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ding it down. I don't know why I gave it three stars. I'm like, I don't think so. I feel John, like that was a two star movie. You go, and tr- you go and change that because I also I, think this it. film was better than the dark tower that came out. Oh, uh, heck yeah. Good call. Five, 10 years. Uh, let's, let's not forget that. And, and the cell as well, uh, which came which again within the last 10 years. I think that was uh, pretty damn bad. Um, but yeah, I, D- The Dark Tower was ugh, not great. I didn't mind that Pet Cemetery film when it came out, but I, you know, it, it, this film, I think I prefer Pet Cemetery because I think I'm more aware or familiar with the story. And I saw, obviously, like lots of people saw the original at a young age, so kind of connect with it in that sense. Whereas I didn't see the original of Firestarter. I probably saw that about 10, 15 years ago when I was more than old enough to watch these big boy films. But um, yeah, this film's fine, John. It's it's not going to... Oh, here we go. It's not going to set the world ablaze. That There literally was no pun intended. And it probably <laughs> is. And it's probably not going to thrill too many people. But... Is it is to, you know not every horror film that comes out needs to be quote unquote elevated. It doesn't have to be a splatter fest no, or yeah. gore fest or a psychological deep dive. Sometimes you can just get the basics right and run with it and be perfectly serviceable. Will I rush to see this film again? Not for a while, at least. But I certainly didn't hate this like seemingly the majority of film fans did. Big man. Yep, but hey, to each their own, I guess. At the end of the day exactly if you hate this film so be it with no judgment here if you love this film great also no judgment here so uh we'll be back again in terms of firestarter in a few days time with our spoiler thoughts but we some we generally go into some sometimes more negative parts because we can't get it out on the main show but i feel that this one might be slightly twisted and maybe some of the better moments we'll be able to talk about because they they're fairly spoiler heavy in this film so uh, let's move on then to our next segment which we like to call chuffed headlines uh, and in this uh, section, we take a movie or pop culture headline that caught our attention and we tell each other about it and we tell all of you about it. So, John, what headline caught your attention this week? So, uh, officially, I believe today, but I think it leaked over the weekend a little prematurely. We got the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 trailer. Have you mm-hmm. seen the trailer yet, Matt? Yes, sir. So I am a big fan of the Mission Impossible franchise pretty much from number three on. I actually- yes. I can't rewatch one. I find one boring now. I liked it as a kid, but now I'm just like, oh man, this takes so many days to get through. 
Um, the second one is an MTV disaster. But the third one, when Abrams brings in uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, it gets really compelling. And obviously, after Ghost Protocol, it just becomes an epic. How many cool stunts is Tom Cruise going to risk his life doing for us? Uh, like, crazy marathon. And I, I love Rogue Nation, and I love Fallout. Um, Dead Reckoning, I like the trailer, Matt. Except I didn't love the score for this one, which is saying something. Because one of my favorite trailers ever is the Mission Impossible Fallout trailer because only because of Henry Cavill cocking his biceps. Do you, do you remember that? Like <laughs> yes, they, they yes. pace him like with his fist and you're just Guns. like, holy cow, how cool is he? Like, have you ever tried to do that. that yourself, John? Because I can't, I have tried I it in the mirror and I cannot get the, the force, the power or the coolness behind my, my like gun flicks. I mean, it is insane how Cavill sells that because it legitimately, like, I'm like, no, that is actually coming out of his arms. I believe that sound, and he's going to kill him out of his arms because it's insane. But I love that trailer, and I liked this trailer, but the the music just didn't it didn't land, and it like it took me a minute to realize that it was like an orchestrated version of the Mission Impossible theme because it just was just like this feels like someone just slapped music on this trailer. That's my concern. It, I wonder if they rushed this out because it leaked. Um, I think so because it, it didn't feel like the music really meshed with the cut of this trailer and not like they normally do. Cause normally these trailers are cut to perfection where the music syncs up with like all of the major moments. And you're just like, Oh man, cannot wait. This one didn't quite nail it. And so I was a little disappointed, but still super hyped because uh, I I'm really invested in, in everything that's happening in mission impossible. And we know this, this is, the last two, we're getting part one of Dead Reckoning, and then we're getting Dead Reckoning. I'm assuming part two, since they called good. it this. Um, I'm I'm really hyped for it. I can't wait. Uh, even though we got a year to wait, um, uh-huh. all the more reason is that we probably didn't need the trailer yet. But nevertheless, uh, what do you think, Matt? Uh, I think I've just been really disappointed when you've mentioned we've got a year to wait. I generally forgot about it. I'm expecting it in the next three or four months, but no, one year to wait. I'm with you from from Mission Impossible three. Somehow this franchise, as like a lot of people have noted, just seems to get better and better and better. And it, but it doesn't feel like, and again, sorry, John, but uh, and others, but it doesn't feel like it's gone the fast and furious route where it's just, where it's just gone escalation, escalation to the point where it's unrecognizable. Nope. Yeah, the first film is is much slower and it is a lot more boring comparatively. But this trailer has callbacks to that first film. So it is a nice kind of connectivity. And certainly from three onwards, they, they do feel like a connected story. Of course, from the first one they do, but quality wise from three onwards, they get better and better. And this is the seventh one. This franchise is nearly 30 years old, which baffles me. I remember going to see the first one when it came out in cinemas, but, um, yeah, this, this did leak over the weekend prematurely, which is just part and parcel of the social media world we live in. I didn't see the leak. I waited till it was uh, officially released. And I'm glad I did because I think the trailer is very decent. It, there's, there's lots of running, lots of action, lots of establishing shots of beautiful locations. But uh, the music, I didn't really notice the music. What I did notice was there's quite a few very strange editing choices and, and mm. shot choices where they'd have a... Uh, an image of, uh, for example, Hayley Atwell, where she was reacting to something, but it was just her, it wasn't even a shocked face. It was like she was about to scream with her arms in the air and then it would cut away. There were literally half second shots and it was uh, similar with some of the other uh, characters in the film. 
Uh, I'm just going to grab the names up because I got uh, Pom Clementiev from Guardians and mm. um, Vanessa Kirby as well. It seems to be the f- female characters they've just got in the weirdest sh- shot edits. And I kind of thought if I was one of their act, one of these actresses or actors, I'd think, why have you used that shot? It's literally the worst kind of one you could have used. But um, I think it's good. I think I think this trailer is good. I thought the last film was su- sensational. It's one of the best films of the year. Uh, the last one, and this film comes now with a uh, a lot more expectation from me, certainly. Uh, and and the way that this ended with Ethan Hunt f- riding a motorcycle off of a mountain. I mean, uh, you got to bet your. I am assuming that is Tom Cruise doing that. And if so, where 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 will he stop when it comes to doing his own stunts? But you know, shout out to the man. I know you've seen Top Gun Maverick. I'm seeing it in a few days. He learned to ride. He learned to fly a fighter jet for that. He's uh, doing dead jumps off tall buildings. He's clearly riding motorcycles off mountains. You know, f- mad respect that he's putting that amount of effort in realism into his films, uh, and it yeah. shows because the last one was excellent. And I expect Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, <gasps> deep breath, to be very good as well. I don't think the title was very good. Uh, but yeah, you know me odd. with you know me, even though this isn't a, col- a colonized title, it might as well be. You know what I think about those. But uh, no yeah. trailer, John. I think the trailer was was decent, and I think the ne- but the next one when we get a bit closer, maybe they'll sort some editing out, change up the music, tighten it up a bit. Uh, I think there's too many shots in this one, but colour me excited for this one. Indeed. Um, well, I've also gone for a trailer-based story, and I don't know how excited you are, John, for the fifth, I think, instalment in the Predator franchise, which is called Prey. It's a prequel to the original Predator, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, the 10 Cloverfield Lane director. Yeah. So, you know, the Predator franchise always manages to attract talent to it, whether it's in front or behind the camera, which is testament to the originals pulling power i think but um there was a teaser trailer released for prey uh within the last week which is uh coming out fairly soon it's dropping on a streaming service john you might have to help me out of that one could you remember what it, which one it is hulu, it's on hulu. hulu that's it because uh, i got an email about it the other day and i thought they were sending it to me then but they didn't um however so the trailers come out the headline reads the prey trailer hints that the predator is breaking its own battle rule uh, the trailer sees the predator take aim at two young comanche warriors teasing new rules for the predator and a new direction for the series um as this is a prequel i think they can pretty much do what they want and just retcon that by the time you get to arnold schwarzenegger's predator that it was a different breed different species or they just made new rules but um so that is fine i don't know if you've got any thoughts on that but i saw the trailer and the Predator from a few years ago was hot yeah, garbage. You, you so and bad. I, we, we, back on the BAMP, back in 2018 or 19, whenever that came out, we reviewed that and went into it with high hopes because of Shane Black and yep. uh, the trailers didn't look so bad, but the film was so bad. Um, so bad. And I pray, though, that it looks like they're stripping it back somewhat. It's a lot more primitive in terms of the battle. And the, I think the trailer actually was, the, this teaser was pretty damn good i do think i'm going to end up being burnt and that the film might be a bit rubbish but uh you've got the comanche warriors with bows and arrows against you know seemingly immor- invincible predators sounds great um john the prey trailer did you see it and also you know what what are you kind of expecting from a prequel to predator well 
the fact that it's going streaming is is always a little nerve wracking. Although not as much by today's standards, but Trackenberg hasn't had a movie since Ten Cloverfield Lane. Now I Good love job. Ten Cloverfield Lane. So six years um, ago. Yeah, I, I don't know what's happened. Why that? Like, I don't know if he's been doing TV because letter. I've only looked at Letterbox, and Letterbox doesn't do TV usually. So I don't know if he's done some kind of series. I know he's worked on some projects and things like that. But um, I love Ten Cloverfield Lane, so I'm hyped to see his next movie. I know he's a film lover. Um, he he's worked closely with the guys on Slash Film in the past. Uh, like, so he's a movie buff too. So I feel like he's going into this with an intentionality. Um, the trailer is compelling. Um, I'm it's a, it is very much a teaser, but I like the idea of it. Um, I, I like predator a lot. I like predator too, even which a lot of people do seem to hate on. I, I found a lot of joy when I was a kid watching that one. Um, I haven't really rewatched it, so maybe it doesn't hold up. But as a kid, I really like predator too. It's um, fun. I, I, I found joy in predators. Yeah, um, man. I got to say, I thought they did a better job. I'm not a big Adrian Brody fan, um, so I didn't love him in that. But I actually thought they did a better job using Topher Grace in that movie than Spider-Man 3 did. Oh, they did. Um, And that's saying something, because he's not had the best career outside of that 70s show. Two that Mm -hmm. 70s show references in this episode. Um, And uh, I went in. I was so hyped, because I love the nice guys. I loved Iron Man 3, so I was like so in. I'm like, Shane Black, all right, this is going to be so good. And then it was like the most tone-deaf movie I've ever seen. Like It was just like, hey, autistic kid. Hey, these people all have oh, mental disorders that will damn. use as jokes. And it's like, what is happening? Like, I what? forgot about And there's a few others which family-friendly can't mention, but damn, yeah, I remember that. I was, I was watching it like baffled. I'm like, Shane Black's usually really smart. What is... What happened? And I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe what we were watching. I remember and now? Yeah. I'm sorry because you shouldn't have to. Um, I didn't want like, to, but thanks. It should have been good. I mean, Jacob Tremblay. You're like, all right, Tremblay's in this. This will be great. No, He's it's an idiot. terrible <laughs> in this film. So bad. So so bad. And um, I, I still can't get over how bad that was. Uh, and then, of course, we're not even counting the two Predator versus movies that aren't in canon, but <sighs> those are, or I'm sorry, Alien versus Predator. I, I don't know why I called it what I just did, but. AVP. Um, and those were real bad, too. And the I don't. The first like, one is fine, I think. The first one has some really decent ideas and setup. It's. I think the first fine. one's crap because they give you a premise of Alien versus Predator and then they they focus on the stupid human drama for yeah, an hour. Yeah, but there's no real AVP scenes. I like the idea of the civilization from thousands of years ago and this is where they sure. meant to fight and all that kind of claustrophobic um, settings. But the second one, it was literally so dark you couldn't see it and they also tried to be too dark and gritty. Yeah. With some, and there's so, obviously the infamous like, birthing unit scene, but. Your first one's fine, I guess. And the second one, they go more... I think they give you more on what the premise is that yes. you want. You want the ABC, but there's also a lot of, like... feels like a straight-to-video type choice, like, with it a lot of the decisions. Anything. Um, anywho, the track record's not good, right? Like, we've got <laughs> one great Predator movie. We've got a couple of decent Predator movies. But the character is so freaking cool that we, we just keep trying... I hope this is in good hands. I think it looks like it's in good hands. Like the, even the poster looks really cool. I love the throwback font. Um, yep. the new name. I love the idea of predator of prey. Like, I think that's a really cool, simple idea. Um, so I'm, I'm in like, I, I have high hopes. It is an extremely small cast though. 
Um, there's only six people currently listed on the letterbox, uh, like, which doesn't mean that's the full cast, but I'm just like, are, are there, there's only going to be a couple people? Like, to be fair, first predator, not a lot of people, but you know, I don't know. Like, I hope it's just not a complete rehash of the first movie just with, you know, native American, or I don't want to, the Comanche warriors, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope it's, I hope it's something a little more than that, but we'll see. So what you're trying to say is they're going to get the franchise back on track to See what oh, it did there? Uh, I did. Yeah, I not, saw it, and it hurt me inside. Not good, but um, since doing 10 Cloverfield Lane in the same year, Trachtenberg directed an episode of Black Mirror called Playtest, and I didn't realise this, but he directed the first episode of The Boys, the Amazon series of Boys. Oh, I, realized that I love was, that show. I, I yeah. didn't realise that either. Good for him. I love that show. So there we go. And he directed the pilot episode of Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. Um, Which... I can't believe I haven't watched because I've read all those stupid books. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, um, I, 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 just, I read the Da Vinci Code. Cause I remember, I remember like, the, the Da Vinci Code came out and the phenomenon that it became. I can't quite yes. remember why now, if it was because of the mystery that, oh my God, it's, it's solved Christianity or something around that, those lines. But I remember everybody was talking about it. So I read it and I, yep. as a kid, I was like, this is boring. I want to go back to reading Lord of the Rings, which of course is much more entertaining for a, however old I was kid, but um, he also, uh, Dan Trachtenberg also di- directed a short film called Warframe, which seems to be based on a uh, video game, multiplayer game. So yeah, it's kind of been busy, but not really not to obviously negate the work on a f- TV series, TV show. But I mean, he's done an episode of black mirror, an episode of the boys and an episode of the lost symbol. I don't know how many weeks of work that is in total, maybe six, seven weeks in total. I'll but- see. One thing that I'm looking at, like the credits, and again, I don't know how accurate the letterbox credits are, but there's only one writer currently credited for the movie. And that's sometimes a good sign. Not always, but you know, like the fact that we don't have like seven people rewriting this is a a positive thing. Probably. Um, I know that's not always true, but like a lot of times with these kind of remake blockbuster things, if there's a bunch of hands in the cookie jar, it's usually a mess. So yeah, sometimes one writer though, can be uh, also negative because it yes, we need another sure. to sit on it. But also, Trachtenberg yeah. was supposed to direct Uncharted, but dropped out a year or so ago. Yes, I think he had a lot of pressure because he he directed one of the things that got him recognition was a short film based on the video game Portal. Gotcha. Um, so I think there was a lot of pressure to like you can make the best video game movie. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna. I'm just going to not do that. I'm going to not do that. I'm going to enjoy my life and make a film when I want to. But fair play. I'm, I really hope Prey is decent. I hope this is the next very good Predator. And actually, I think it's got all the ingredients to be a very good Predator film. Let's see now if they can, you know, stick to stick the landing of what the Predator's given us. Or are they going to go down the Predator's lane? I really hope not. So, um Well, that was our headlines for the week. And now we move on to media consumption. Here we talk about the movies, uh, streaming series, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours, comic books, whatever we've used to pass the time since our last episode. JB, what you been checking out? Well, as per usual, listen to the Blank Check podcast. Uh, Both Uh, the the Patreon episode dropped for their, uh, their commentary on Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Um, they're doing all the theatrical Batman movies that they have not covered previously. Um, and then the Spider-Man episode dropped. Uh, I, I meant to rewatch Spider-Man before the episode, but I, I haven't got to. Um, it did make me want to rewatch it, though. I got to I gotta admit, um, maybe I won't hate it as much as I... Yeah, I, I don't hate yeah. it. I just... I, I have a lot of, like, 
tonal issues with it in my memory that it was a little campier than I prefer my superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Although a lot and of people really like it to the new ones anyway. Yeah. Um, but I've checked out a lot of new movies this week. Uh, I got to see Emergency, mm-hmm. uh, which is out in theaters in a limited run, but it's going to be dropping on Amazon Prime here on Friday, the 27th. Um, Emergency has RJ Seiler, who I've been a big fan of uh, since Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, basically. Um, I've seen most of his movies at this point, not all, um, but I tend to like him, and I really think he comes into his comedic timing in this movie, which I think he's always had a bit of, but I really think he feels a little more natural and less like he's reading a joke. Um, Donald Watkins is the, the actual lead. Um, they have a lot of great chemistry. Uh, it's a really funny movie while also being quite stressful and quite uh, poignant. Um, there's a lot of things that it kind of points out um, about our society. Uh, a lot of people saw it at Sundance. It got a lot of positive buzz and it is now out on Prime. Or it will be, at least. Looking at, looking at it, apparently it came out three days ago in the UK on Prime, so... What am I doing? What am I doing in my life? I didn't realize. I thought it was next week as well. Uh, it is. Uh, the, the trailers all say, they, I mean, they're all American trailers that I've seen, but they all say the 27th. So I wouldn't have known to tell you to watch it early. Um, I did catch uh, Alex Garland's Men, which uh, could have been our review for this week. Um, but you couldn't see it yet. Is that right? Uh, no, it's not out yet in the UK. Right. And I, I love Alex Garland's Sorry. films um, as, as hard to get into as they are sometimes. I think he's a fabulous, fantastic filmmaker so i've been looking forward to seeing men it's almost i am on the, I was looking forward to hearing you telling me how great it is i'm on the positive side of it it uh. is a very polarizing film um i haven't seen i've heard there's some arguments that they don't like that um it makes women the uh the object of like uh uh obs- aggression or like violence i don't mm-hmm. i don't really i haven't read the argument so I, maybe i'm not understanding what the argument is i don't get that from this movie like she's definitely being you know focused on but i don't think garland's not advocating for it and he is processing things um garland's an interesting writer in that he tends to make female centric movies which is not always the case for male writers um as i i I think the only movie you could argue that the protagonist isn't officially a woman is ex machina but it kind of is like um even devs is it focuses a lot on um, nick offerman's character but there's a you know there's a female presence throughout in the lead so, and I haven't seen the show, so that's the one thing I have not show. seen of his, but, um, but I really like men. It's been, I didn't, it's, it is kind of a torturous movie to watch on purpose. It, it does hit in that way. I think there's a lot of very cool visuals, but more is I've been trying to process exactly what he was saying for mm-hmm. a couple of days. Now it's been a week, but I mean, like for two days, I was actively unable to stop thinking about what was the movie doing. And, um, I, I like that part of it. So I'm on the positive side of it. I have already seen Top Gun Maverick. Uh, we will be having our full review on that in the n- next episode, so I won't say anything right now. Uh, I'm under embargo for this movie, but I got to see Flux Gourmet. Okay. Um, that is the new Peter Strickland. Is that right? Um, uh, yep. I hope that's right. Yeah, I got it. Um, can't say anything about it, but it, I will have a review coming out on BurkeReviews.com later in June. Um, I decided to uh, visit the Abbey, and I caught both Downton Abbey. Go the original film uh, from a couple of years ago that was on, it's currently on Peacock to watch. And I uh, then went and saw Downton Abbey, a new era at the theater. Matt, I don't understand why I like these movies. Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe it either. Not because everything about them said I would not enjoy them. Exactly. Uh, I, tend, I tend to not like period pieces, even though it's only like it's, it's a less than a hundred year period piece. Nevertheless, 
Um, I didn't think I would enjoy the, uh, the British drama of it. You just get sucked into it. The music is really compelling. It it's it really moves around a lot. There's so many characters, and it's just like because it's a TV series. So like over time, I'm sure it wouldn't feel like that. But like having never watched the show, it is cutting back and forth between so many things, and I definitely don't know who everybody is. But God, if you're not just on the like on the right, it kind of feels like a Disney ride when you're like you know you're going from like scene to scene to scene to scene, and like you're spinning around, and this one's over here, and that's over there. And you're just kind of sucked into it. Like, you could resist it, I guess, if you want to, or you can just enjoy the ride. And that's what I ended up doing. The second one, A New Era, is about filmmaking also. Like, there's a whole filmmaking subplot and throwback to, like, old school Hollywood. So that's going to suck me in anyway. So, like, it it just, it really is entertaining. And I was really surprised. Um, But, yeah, it's kind of undeniable. I don't think I'm going to jump into the series. But I'm not opposed to it at this point. Like, I I definitely never would have thought and I did send uh, a meme to you of one of my favorite scenes in Major League Two um, is the coach has had a heart attack and he's been told to take it easy and he's not supposed to watch the baseball game, but he's listening to the baseball game on his headset because he had a heart attack. And on the TV in his hospital room, though, he has like British people drinking tea because it's not exciting. And he, something happens in the game and he's like jumping on the bed and the nurses all run in like they're worried. He's like, I love this British blue. You know, um, that's how I feel right now is that I'm just going to move like, to England. Um, but lastly, uh, for movie club this week, we're recording an episode about being there from 1979. Yes. Uh, it was Corey's pick. We're, we're not doing, um, in between our series, we're doing, uh, mint in box as like a palate cleanser. So this is a movie Corey had bought a while ago and had not watched. So, uh, she picked this one. I didn't really know much about it. I've seen the box art a hundred times. Like I, I, I've like very familiar with the imagery from the, the box art and I didn't know anything about it. Um, I was really wowed by the movie. Uh, nice. I even I kind of went in not wanting to watch it because I was like, man, this feels like it's going to be really dry. And um, a, maybe 15 minutes in, I'm like, what, what is happening? What, what are we going for here? And then by the end of the movie, I was just like, okay, wow. There's a lot here to digest and process. And um, I read uh, Roger Ebert's review um, from like, not from when the movie came out. Like it was like a, he revisited it like 20 years later or something. And, Man, Ebert's just such a great writer, obviously. Sorry for stating the obvious, but I was really taken by the film, and I just keep – I'm definitely still processing it, and um, I think there's a lot of cool commentary there that could be digested. It's the same director from Harold and Maude, which is all the more reason I'm not surprised Corey picked it. Uh, What is it? Hal Ashby. Yes. Uh, uh, Good good pull. Um, This is on my gap list. I've, I've been waiting to see this. Um, I highly recommend uh, Big Tuna hasn't seen it either. It's, it's one that I definitely think film people should watch because there's some really interesting choices. Um, it's not a traditional narrative. Peter Sellers is, as almost always, uh, amazing. Um, and there's this really cool, oh, this is a not a spoiler, but in the beginning of the film, he's walking and the music that's playing is like a jazz version of the 2001 Space Odyssey nice. theme. And it's wild. Like, it's just such a, and, and also the juxtaposition of that. What you, if you know that theme and most film people will know that theme, um, what we're watching him do when he's just, he's just walking through like 1979, Washington, DC. Um, but like all of like, it feels so epic. And, and yet because of the jazz influence, there's a lot of like a, a lot to be dissected from it. It's a very compelling film. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, I would like. I think Melvin Douglas won an Oscar for his performance in that film as well. Um, 
I would very much like to watch it. It's one of those films that John knows. John John knows we're all about the list. You know, it's on the list, which never stops growing. And nope. sometimes it takes a recommendation from a, a statesman like John to finally get my backside into gear because I think we've already done a 1979 episode of movie astrology. So I can't even fall back on that. I think we've already done that episode. So we did because we did alien. Um, so yeah, I will check that one out. Um, big man. The, the only question I have for you is Downton Abbey, uh, as an Englishman, I actually can't get into the Englishness of it, but which one would you, would, would you say is the better film now as a devote hardcore fan of the Abbey? Which one's the better film? I think the second one, I think it feels oh, a wow. little more like a movie. Um, the first one I think relied heavily. I think the first one relied heavily on like knowledge of like the King and Queen and stuff too. And like that side of it. Um, the, the moment I knew I was into it though, there's a, a scene in the first movie where uh, a, a servant who isn't even supposed to be serving the King at all anyways, but it is now speaks when he's clearly not supposed to. And I like gasped. I was like, Oh, <gasps> why would you do that? And I'm just like, why did I care? Why did I care just now um, that I gasped? But uh, yeah. So I knew I was like, well, clearly this movie has pulled me in. If I'm gasping at, at this, uh, the not even, he's not speaking like ill to the, the king either. He just answered a question that was not asked to him. You know, <laughs> it's like, Oh, you're not supposed to speak. What are you not doing? And, yeah. I was, I was a little shocked that that happened, but um I do think the second one, and to be fair though, the second one again deals with like filmmaking and that's obviously something that I just love to, to learn about. So I like seeing stuff like that. Right, of course. Uh, well, there's John's pick as usual, a nice mix there and um, looking forward to, to discussing Top Gun and hopefully men at some point very, very soon. Downton Abbey, I have seen the first one. It's fine for me. Um, but I remember, I don't think I, I remember going to see it thinking I'm really not in the mood for a, what I thought would be a stuffy period piece. And I remember going in with that and thinking, you know, let's just get this done with. So I probably will watch a new era at some point as a completionist, just so I can say I've seen both of them and who knows, maybe I'll be blown away like JB was. Um, that's strong. I, I just like, I was more blown away. The fact that I liked it. I was like, I was blown away in my own reaction. You're more telling so than me, the movie. <laughs> I genuinely thought you were going to say, I watched it and I didn't like it. Cause I know you're not a huge fan of the period pieces. And also I know Big Tuna was championing Downton Abbey on yeah. the show when he appeared a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't listened to it, check that one out. Um, so I know Tuna is a fan of it, and, and I know Downton Abbey's got a huge American fan base. It does. Um, and I, well, it just does. But uh, And it's got a, obviously a fairly decent size one in the UK, but it hasn't quite grabbed me yet. Maybe I'm not upper class enough to uh, get into it, but I will watch A New Era and I will uh, report back, John, when I've seen it, and maybe we'll be... Maybe we'll be uh, on the same level with that film. Um, for me this week, I have listened to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast I listen to and subscribe to. They did a episode on Ready or Not from the mm. the dudes who directed the latest Scream film. Uh, the names, uh, they have gone from the top of my head, they escaped me, but... Uh, so for, uh, for 45 minutes an hour talking about that film, and I forget how much I enjoyed that film when it came out. I really like Ready or Not. I need to rewatch that one. So uh, Samara yeah. Weaving's uh, blood-stained wedding dress by the end. It's a fantastically fun film. Um, so that was a good episode. I listened to their Patreon episode on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Warriors. Uh, not Dream Warriors, the Dream Master, sorry, the Rennie Harlan film, um, which is, 
I I unashamedly really like every film in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, even though some of them are clearly not very good. But there's something about them. There's a pull to them. Uh, so I love hearing people sort of really dive into a film like The Dream Master uh, and kind of trying try to pick it apart a bit and try and work out, you know, where does it sit in the pantheon of this franchise? And I think it's got some of the most inventive set pieces in this particular film. There's two in particular, one that involves a bug motel and a roach motel, one that involves a motorbike. Oh, yeah. And I think they're the most like visually, like, certainly the motorbike one is insane for that time, how it's done, especially if you watch the, the uncut version, uh, some of the, um, versions floating around have a kind of t- cut for TV version where the, the motorbike sequence, I'll call it, is heavily edited down and it's, 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 cool but when you see the the full version it's bonkers how they managed to create this on camera um so yeah i've been listening to that again uh i've i know we've got stranger things the new season drops within the next week literally uh and i'm trying to catch up with seasons two and three and maybe four how many how many seasons are there there out jb this will be four this will be four coming out yeah um and I've watched episodes one and two of Stranger Things season two, and I really enjoyed the first season as I thought I would do. And so far, episodes one and two of season two are really good as well. I mentioned when I finally watched season one how I've asked ten different people, you know, what what season do you like? And I have ten different answers or ten varying answers depending on what I thought the answer they would give me would be. Um, some people love one. Some say two is not great. Others say it's brilliant. Some say three is the best and one is fine. It's there's so many different opinions, but nobody seems to really say that any of them are you know bad, which is exciting. So uh, I'm two episodes through season two. I'd love to say I'm going to finish them both before the weekend, but it's uh, it's a busy weekend coming up, JB. It's all things Star Wars. The biggest show of the year is dropping for me. Obi Wan yep, Kenobi. Yep. Two episodes dropping this Friday, so next week I would have seen them. For um, it's a, I cannot wait. All this I've been sitting watching the TV spots that have been dropping daily. They're doing a really good job, actually, of not really showing anything in this. Which the Book of Boba Fett did that, and they probably could have done with showing a bit more in the trailers to manage expectations. But the this the Obi Wan, they know what they've got. It's Obi Wan, Ewan McGregor, it's Darth Vader. You don't need to show Vader. Everyone knows what he's all about. It's not like a, it's not a money shot anymore. It's not a <gasps> kind of moment when, oh my God, they've just showed Darth Vader. In the Rogue One trailer, it was because we hadn't seen him cinematically for a long time properly. You know, we don't, I don't need to see Vader. Cannot wait for Obi Wan. Kenobi and Stranger Things also drops as well. Part one of the season drops in its entirety on Netflix at the end of this week as well. So you never know. Maybe I'll throw a curveball and have finished this season, but. Star Wars celebration also begins on Thursday, so it's a busy week coming up for geeks from the galaxy far, far away. Um, and in films, I've only been able to watch two films this week, um, partly because I started watching Stranger Things, and partly because of uh, a busy, busy weekend again, uh, an elongated weekend with a uh, little one. So I managed to get two, as John realised, John sends me games every day, the uh, via WhatsApp film related games and during the week I can smash them out weekends man I try but um, this week I watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye quite caught up on that the Jessica Chastain Academy Award winning performance included and 
I think it's a film which is elevated by its lead performance, certainly. Uh, Andrew Garfield's good as well. The film's fine. The film's pretty good, actually. But I think Jessica Chastain is worthy winner of that Academy Award. And the film benefits greatly from having such a good performance in it, I think. But the eyes of Tammy Faye's decent. And in preparation for Top Gun Maverick, I sat down for the first time in a long time to watch Top Gun. Um... And I have I enjoy Top Gun. It's cheesy. It may not be the greatest film in the world for the purists, but it's a lot of fun. Top Gun is. Um, and I spoke to John, and I know that some people say you don't even have to have watched the first Top Gun to get into and enjoy Maverick, the sequel. But I wanted to uh, rewatch it for the Easter eggs and also to get that connection back. I think um, knowing that there's a, a predecessor out there. You know, I think you should always check it out before going to watch the follow-up or the sequel, even if it's a film you've seen, you know, a hundred times. No, no harm in going in, just refreshing yourself with who's that, who's he, who's she, what's their relationship, you know, what happened to this to them and them. So, I feel like I'm ready now, JB. I feel like I'm ready for Top Gun Maverick. I know you're not going to spill the beans, but I've heard so many people <laughs> saying nothing but good things about Top Gun Maverick, and I cannot wait for us to get into it, my man. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> and that's all he's going to say. And that is a bloody awesome way to end the show. But before we actually end the show, we are going to continue on that bloody awesome train of thought and tell you guys how we've been staying bloody awesome this week in order to maintain the levels required to put out such a bloody awesome show as we do each week. So JB, what you been doing to stay bloody awesome? Well, sir, um, I have doubled down on my uh, exercising, especially going into the summer here. I have a plan to increase the amount of exercise I do on a daily basis, partly because even though my job is mostly standing, um, I do burn calories from like walking around the classroom and stuff. And during the summer, I don't walk around as much. So I want to uh, add, I'm going to try to bulk up a little bit and also um, add a cardio element to each day. I usually like alternate like muscle one day, cardio the next day. I'm going to do muscle cardio each day. Um, so I've been starting to kind of like ease into my summer routine uh, the last couple of days. Um, and I do want to, I want to give a mean shout out to Planet Fitness. Um, we are not sponsored by Planet Fitness, but that is the big gym that's in my, my community. And they decided for the summer to let teenagers, I think 14 to 19 free from May 19th mm-hmm. to like August 4th. Or something like that. And um, uh, the, the girl from Ghostbusters. Uh, Mackenzie Grace. No, yeah, it, McKenna Grace. McKenna Grace is sponsoring it. So that's only making it more people aware of it. And I'm all for high schoolers exercising. What I'm seeing, though, at my local gym especially, are high schoolers coming to hang out at the gym. And don't do that is what I'm asking my high schoolers, especially if you are one of my high schoolers, like come work out. Cool. You don't need 10 people to work out. That doesn't make any sense to me ever. Like come and do your workout. If your friend's there, let them go do their own workout. You don't need to hang out in one space where you're taking up an entire area that other people are there with a purpose. I go to the gym with a very specific amount of time in mind, and I need to be able to do the exercises I need to do. I don't have the patience for people who are just hanging out. Go somewhere else. Literally, our gym is in the parking lot of a mall. Is our mall bad? Yes, but you can still go inside and hang out. 
It still has air conditioning and it doesn't cost you anything either. So don't hang out at the gym. So Planet Fitness, I appreciate you wanting to get kids healthy, but rethink this. It's not what gyms are for. Gyms are not hangout spaces. Gyms are for work. And there are people who are not comfortable with going to the gym already because they're afraid of being judged. They're definitely going to feel like they're being judged by a bunch of high schoolers just standing around not doing anything. So don't just let people in. There's a reason gyms are expensive because there is like, you have to want to go like, you know what I'm saying? Like if, yes. if gyms were free, everybody would just go, but they're not. And now that they are, I'm seeing a very, like, there's just too many people in my gym and a lot of them aren't doing anything. And that's really agitating. And it, I won't deny, I don't like that. It could be potential students of mine either. You know, like I don't need them seeing me struggle or making like, you know, laughing at my, my, uh, my failures or my shortcomings because I'm not as strong as some of them are. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need them. Like I can out bench Mr. Burke. Yes, you probably can. That's not why I'm there. I'm there to stay not as, I don't want to die young. And I'm fighting against that. So that's what I've been doing, Matt. What about you? Well, they could only dream of being like John Burke. Go and crash the mall or something guys. Um, and let everybody who wants to be there, get on with it. I couldn't think, of, I couldn't think of anything more boring than sitting in the gym and just, doing nothing you know yeah. I, I i find it boring sitting in the food court of a mall doing nothing but at least there's an atmosphere and people doing something similar in an atmosphere where they should be but um no i hear that my friend i've been on a similar train except i'm not hanging around malls um scurrilously or gyms but i am beginning a calorie deficit diet i say diet um i've been told by many people now that exercise is great yes do it you know walk more become more active but if you're not controlling the amount you're putting into your body or you're going over your daily calories in the exercise is going to count for nothing at the end of the day for the most part so the guys i work with they said you know whatever your daily aim is you know go for that you know take a couple hundred off aim for that and as long as you're coming under every day that you will lose weight with some activity as well you know whether that's just walking more resting more as well of course going to the gym or going for a run will uh, obviously um extra, make it expedite that and make it a lot quicker but i'm starting the idea of now of portion control less snacking because i find myself recently snacking like a mother i cannot help it um you know what it's like sometimes you're working as a vending machine it's like you know what? i it's only a couple it's only whatever it's a buck go and get a chocolate bar it's fine. One's not going to hurt. You know, one a day will start to hurt, and which it has done again. So, um, in an attempt to be like Burke, I am counting the calories, but not to a neurotic extent, just to come under the daily intake. So, um, when I finally get to Florida and the the Bamp boys meet up, then you know I can I can flex just as much as John. Oh yeah. That, well, well I look forward to that tough. day. Well, so do you trust me? So do I. Uh, and I, and again, the, the gun show will be there only because I may, I'll be a very pasty English guy in Florida. <laughs> I'll be putting so much sun cream on that the guns will be out. Um, that is how we've been staying bloody awesome. Then this week, fairly similar routine this week, or at least uh, idea anyway behind it. So, um, that's that for our fire starter episode. Once again, our spoiler episode will be out in a few days. Check that out on Monday on the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast feed. And if you haven't guessed already, next week we are going to be dropping our review of Top Gun Maverick. I cannot wait to see it. I'm going to be seeing it in about 36 hours. And I can finally, hopefully, join in with the wave of excitement 
about what could be one of the best films of the year or worse who knows maybe it'll be worse than Firestarter according to the, maybe this will be a 10% on RT John who knows but um, Top Gun Maverick is our film for next week if you want to tell us so what you thought about Firestarter you can find us online on social media at Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast B-A-M-P underscore podcast on Instagram John we are we are at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod yes sir we are also on Meta or Facebook Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast too Individually, you can find me at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and to search What I Watch Tonight across all of the socials, including Letterboxd. And John, where can the world find you? I am at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms. Yes, he is. And if you'd like what we're doing here, and we certainly hope you do, please do consider dropping us a five-star rating or and review on your podcast provider of choice if you have a spare 30 seconds really helps our show out it gets more people in bumps up bumps us up that algorithm plus you know real film fans it's another avenue for us to chat about films each week so if you could do that we'd be very appreciative but with that as always stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies Blood, 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 blood,